I'll lead us into the show. You have all these ideas of how you want your show to start. You lead us in. Well, you want me to lead us in this week? Yeah, I do. I want you to lead us in. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm at 1857. We'll do 1910. Go ahead. Welcome to the Relatively Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Nardone, alongside Jared Mintz. Say hi, Jared. Hi, Jared. We're going to talk about some NBA today, the Clippers, and we're going to t- not talk about the Knicks. We're going to talk about Bradley Bill Stinky, our NFL Week picks, Cavs visiting the White House, a little Ask Me Anything. Are you ready to go, Jared? I'm ready to go, Joe. You nailed that. Way to go. Way to lead us into the show. Yeah, I we switched say- it up this week, obviously. I would say at this point, we've done, I think I lied a few weeks ago, I think I said we've done like 50 shows, and we're nowhere near 50 shows, but at this point, we're probably past like the 25 show mark. I think we're and at 30 like, something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like the first time you've let us in, and you did pretty well. You got a little Stugatsy there for a moment, I where got you nervous. started like, you started like slurring like six <laughs> words together, and it wasn't, I got nervous. it wasn't a pronunciation. Well, for, cont- I, for context for the listeners, we got in a small fight right before. It was a big fight. Yeah, it was a big a small fight about how our lead-ins are, and Jared just goes, well, then you lead us in. And I may have you, cursed at you, too, and said, you freaking lead us in. Yeah, but and then I choked. No, you did great. You did I'm great. just like, I'm, no nicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. You did well there. You did not Stugatsu. Stugatsu really messes up words. I wish I could think of a good one. He does. Uh, but I digress. Anyway, Joe, thanks for leading us in. I guess I'll, I'll take it from there. Yeah, now you go back to carrying the show. <laughs> We find this so much more funny than anybody that's listening does, but if you're listening, you like us enough to to deal with it. But as Joe mentioned, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We got the Clippers off to a hot start, looking like the best team in the NBA. We aren't going to talk about the Knicks. That's okay. They're not the best team in the NBA. I'm going to touch on Joe's Wizards because he's a big Bradley Beal fan. I really don't need to repeat this. You you said everything we're going to do, but make sure you stick around for NFL Week 10 Picks. Week 10 picks. Week 10 NFL picks. (laughs) We know that's why you guys listen on Fridays or whenever you're listening to us. But anyway, let's let's stop rambling and let's get back on on track. I was going to say back on the rails. I don't think you get on the rails. I just think you fall off of them. But one team that's on the rails, if that's a thing, is the Los Angeles Clippers, (laughs) who... (laughs) I love this. It's it's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. Anyway, the Los Angeles Clippers are since I don't have a standings in front of me, I only have a game log. They're one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven and one. The LA Clippers are seven and one. They have the best defense in the NBA and people are shocked. They they can't believe it, even though all off season we were talking about how this team, like at worst, is gonna be the second or third best team in a stacked Western conference. So far through, you know, a handful of games, they look better than their competition. Their one loss came to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that was a 85-83 to 83 barn burner. Joe, were you surprised the Clippers are this good this early in the season? Not really. I mean, I got to listen to you all offseason and tell me how great they are. And, I mean, listen, they are bringing they have a really good roster. They have Blake and Paul and Reddick and Jordan and Crawford. And, I mean, Felton's played okay for them, and Maurice Spates has added really valuable minutes. Like, he's been really productive in a short period of time. So no, I'm not shocked. I mean, like seven and one's a really, really good start. But like to sit, like to act as though like I thought they were going to be bad. Shocked that they're good is not really accurate. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, they've been really good. You you just, you look at their, their schedule. They spanked Portland the other day. They beat them 111 to 80. They were up, like, they had them at, like, 35 points in the third quarter or something. And that's that's the thing about this team that's been so surprising, I guess, is, yeah, they're 7-1. and one, You're not shocked. This is a team that's been together for a few years, and they've been really good for the few years they've been together. But defensively, I mean, these guys are just putting the clamps on people. Look at totals they've allowed. They gave up 80 to Portland. 82 to Detroit, 92 to the Spurs. Go back a little further. They they lost that 85 to 83 game to the Thunder. They held Portland to 106 earlier in the season. Utah to 75. I mean, this defense has been really good. And yeah, they were fine last year. I think they were a top five team defensive rating. Well, why are they wise. so good? Do you know why they're so good this like so good defensively this year? Well, it's funny you ask. I actually wrote a column on it earlier this week, Ooh. and me thinks part of the reason they've been so good is because the oldest guy on the team who can't really move anymore hasn't logged a single minute for them yet, and that is Mr. Paul Pierce. So you're getting less Paul Pierce, and you're getting a lot more Luke Maba Mute, which I don't know when he dropped the Richard, but apparently he did at some point. But He changed. More, he, he definitely changed. Literally. Yeah, he did. More Ba Mute. Again, you know, Raymond Felton's not really a stout defender, but when you're replacing, you know, some Jamal Crawford minutes with some more Ray Felton, it's a little bit of an upgrade. And you kind of mentioned this a couple of minutes ago. Maurice Spates has been balling for them. And I wouldn't think going from, like, Cole Aldrich to Mo Spates and Brandon Bass would be any kind of upgrade defensively, but so far, so good. And I just think it's it's a type of thing where this starting five just doesn't get the credit for being as good as they are, which is amazing because, like, they've been one of the two or three best starting fives in the league for years now. J.J. Reddick's a good defender. Chris Paul is an all-world defender. And DeAndre Jordan, even though he's not really the rim protector that maybe sometimes he, he gets credit by, like, mainstream media for being, he's still a very good defender and a very good anchor as a big man. So I just think all these things together and also... The continuity is something that, that just really matters. I, I was listening to an interview with J.J. Redick, and he said starting early last year, Doc Rivers was, was changing up their defensive schemes, and it's really kind of held over over the last year. And once they clicked last year, you know, there was no looking back. So it just could be the situation where everything's happening at the right time for a team that, you know, we've kind of just been looking at for a few years, saying, when are they going to be great? They've been really good for a really long time. When are they going to be great? This might be the year that they're great. No, I agree with you. I think it, it's kind of funny, like how how we discussed it. It's funny. Blake's Blake and Chris Paul are like top players in the NBA, and JJ Redick's probably super underrated. And, and then, DeAndre Jordan was first team All NBA last season, right? So like we like that's four really, really, really top level players. And then like we're always kind of just like, well, it's the Clippers. Do you know what I mean? It's weird how we do that and how we carve. Uh, compartmentalize them because just they're the Clippers. So it's Golden State, it's Oklahoma City, it's all these fancy stories, it's whatever, and then like you have this team that's stacked, and they're deeper than I thought they would be. I, I will say I'm a little shocked, like how you mentioned with Mo Spades and Brandon Bass, and I didn't think Felton would be as effective as he's been, nor did I think Wesley Johnson would matter at all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like, Good for them. I mean, yeah, they, but it's not it's not that shocking. It shouldn't have been. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, and that that's really the point. Is it's it's do you, are you with me though? JJ Reddick's under, underrated. I've thought so for a while. Uh, it's interesting. I know I've his numbers of, are down right now, like his production, his counting stats or whatever. 
as opposed to some previous years. But, like, he's become a really good overall, all-around, both ends of the floor player throughout his career. Right, and the, the thing with his stats being down this year is he's only playing 25 and a half minutes a game so far. He's still shooting 46% from the field and 41.4% from three. Last year, he led the NBA in three-point shooting at 47.5%. I mean, he he's a guy who's just gotten so much better over the years, and you put him next to Chris Paul, and you put him in between Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, this team just has such a good fit. And I think people were worried how... Jordan and Blake would fit this year after last year. You know, they weren't really great when Blake was healthy. I think what he went down around the Christmas break, or I guess they don't get a break. Only only school kids get a break. But yeah. he went down around Christmas time, and they were 17 and 13 at that point. And then they kind of took off without Griffin, who missed, you know, the majority of the rest of the year with the quad injury. And then he had, you know, the broken hand and that whole fiasco happening with the equipment manager. But Blake looks great this year. And he's a great player, and I think people kind of just forgot how good he was because of everything he went through last season and how the team kind of played better after he got hurt. But they're really putting everything together. I mean, we're talking about a team that was one game away from the Western Conference Finals in 2015, and this is just, they're they're a really good team, and the other teams in the conference have kind of fallen off a bit. So we saw that lanes were opening up for them to kind of move up, and them doing it, like you said, it just shouldn't be shocking at all. I don't think anybody's really shocked. I, I think the thing that does surprise people is how good their defense is. And I didn't mention it in the article I wrote the other day, but I should have. It could be in part to Mike Woodson being there. Mike Woodson's a really good defensive coach, and I think he's probably helped him a bit. You know, I don't have any proof to that. But, you know, you, you look at the difference over the last couple of years from before Woody got there and this last, you know, year plus, and there's clearly a difference. So... It's, it's good to see them playing this well. It's good to see a guy like Chris Paul playing on the best team in the NBA. And I do think it's sustainable for them over the course of the season. Now, the only threat that I really see to that is the Warriors because, you know, this is a team that just hasn't been together all that long. But obviously the talent's there and when they're playing their best, they, they just look unstoppable. But there isn't anything that anybody could do about that. Outside of the Warriors and the Cavs out east, I think the Clippers are probably the third best team in the NBA this season. Wow, I don't know. That's not. I don't think that's a hot take. I think it's people, not. I think people. Be. I think people will hear it and their gut reaction will be like hot take, and then <laughs> and then like they can listen to what you just said and be like, wait, no, wait, that makes sense. Like right now, feasibly, very arguably, they're the third best team in the NBA. Right, and again, you know the the defense is finally- because like who else? Like I mean, it's early, small sample size, but there hasn't been a team in the NBA that's played as well as them. So saying they're the third best is actually, you know, you're being very mild with your take. Right, and it's not like we're sitting here, you know, reacting to Oklahoma City's start. The Thunder have been really good this season, too. They have a really good record. We're not saying they're this team. But you're looking at the Clippers, whose defense has finally caught up to their offense. The last two seasons that they had Blake Griffin healthy, which I guess was 2013-14 and 2014-15, they led the NBA in offensive rating. So to see them finally be able to put a defense next to that offense and have legitimate depth. I mean, Raymond Felton's the first, like, real backup point guard they've had in a couple years. Last year, they were running with Jamal Crawford and Austin Rivers as the backup point guard options. And you and I both know neither of those guys can facilitate for anybody else. So not that Ray Felton's this world beater, but he's in a position where he can serve this role well, and he's doing it. So it just, it seems like the perfect collection of, of talent for this team, and it seems very sustainable. 
Austin Rivers, still horrible. Still horrible, but he did get paid in the offseason. So keep Nepotism, an eye on... yay! <laughs> At its finest. So keep an eye on the Clippers. I, again, I just I think that this is sustainable. Not to say they're, they're only going to lose one game all season, but they're going to be amongst the best teams in the league, and it shouldn't be surprising to anybody. However, what should be surprising, I guess, I don't even know if it is, the Washington Wizards stink. They're 2-5. and five. They missed the playoffs last year after they were supposed to be, you know, this up-and-coming team in the Eastern Conference, and it only looks like they're regressing further. John Wall got tossed from two straight games this week, <laughs> which is just, like, inexplicable. Yeah, I, 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 I like John Wall so much, and I, I want him because of certain people in the Dougie to, oh, man. to be awesome. And he is awesome. John Wall is good. He's not the problem. No, I, I don't. Well, I don't know what the problem is. And we'll I know what the problem is. I know you. You know. You think you know what the problem is. But back to this John Wall thing. Monday night, he gets tossed for for saying something to a ref after bumping into him, and the ref just immediately tossed him out of the game. wasn't having it. When you watch the replay of it, you're like, really? He got tossed for that. And then he gets tossed last night after a flagrant two foul on Marcus Smart. Again, you know this team's losing, and their leader or their supposed leader, John Wall just hasn't been answering the task lately. The other night, I, I think it was after Monday night's game, his teammate, your boy, Bradley Beal, said, the team isn't showing any toughness and they're not showing any leadership. Joe, do you think that's a sub at John Wall? And do you think that it's it's right to, to sub and to, to do that, to say that about John Wall or even about this team if it's not about Wall? No, I mean, I'm never of the belief airing stuff out in public is a great idea. Um. It could have been a shot at the coach too. I don't. I. I. I'm leadership's overrated to begin with. It just is. Yeah, when you're winning, when you're, everybody's a leader. And yeah, when you're losing, there's no leadership. You're all like at this point. Like I know they have a couple young guys on the team, but most of these players are grown men at this point. Like let's be honest about it and call a spade a spade. Like if you need a leader to help you get you through a basketball game, that's a you problem. That's not a leader. The leader's fault. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're getting paid money to play basketball, play basketball. You need somebody to help you do that? Yeah. I'm was, is that a hot take? I, I don't feel like no, it's a hot take. No, it's, it's very narrative-y. It's the type of thing where it's, you know, when a team's losing, all they do is point fingers. And sure, sure, maybe you are losing because there isn't somebody there that's able to keep it together. But I would have thought bringing in Scott Brooks would help this team mature a little bit. I, I think there's so much talent on this team, too. I mean, you look at their starting five, and... These guys are all good players. I mean, I know you're not all that high on Bradley Beal, but there's talent on this team. It just doesn't make sense that they're this bad. And while I do agree with you that, yeah, leadership is really narrative-y, maybe that's the problem. Maybe well, it could just... be a cancer in the locker room, not necessarily a leadership problem. I think though, like, I, I do think there can be somebody in the locker room that kind of ruins it. I is don't it think... Markeith Morris? No, I like that. You ever hear those Morris twin brothers stories about wanting to fight football teams by themselves? Yeah, yeah. No, if they're the, if they're the issue, no, then that makes the rest of the team the issue because he'll take them all on. I'm not I'm not here to question the Morris brother. I'll tell you that not not publicly. Is that out of fear or is that out of fear? Fear. <laughs> I, I know better than to, to call somebody out that if it ever gets back to him, might show up on my doorstep and beat me up. Two of them, too. Two of them. Oh, yeah, and I won't know which one's which, because I'll just get punched. <laughs> and I'll be like, one of the Morris brothers hit me, and they'll be like, no, he didn't. And I'll be too afraid to admit that they did. There it is. <laughs> I was going to make a comparison, but it was too extreme, so I'm not going to. I'm happy you didn't, then. 
Yeah, I'll tell you off here. I look forward to <laughs> You're it. You're welcome, yeah. listener, for being alienated. <laughs> I promise you it probably won't be that good. If it's good, I'll tweet about it. So make sure you're following at Jamin's Hoops. I'm Jared. Um, yeah, I just, I'm surprised this team's been that bad. Again, I think people look at the Eastern Conference and they think like, oh, there's room for another team to be really good. The Eastern Conference is so competitive, you know, between the, the teams that are vying for playoff spots. From top to bottom, sure, there are five teams that stink. There are five teams in the West that stink too. I just wasn't expecting Washington to be one of those five bad teams. And again, you know, you just you look at their five. Maybe it's just that there isn't enough depth on this team. Maybe after their their starting five, they just they don't have good players. Or I mean, their second best player stinks. <laughs> he, he's at least stunk so far this year. Yeah, Bradley Beal. I, I'll save Joe. Okay, Joe, you don't have to do it. Bradley Beal shooting thirty six point six from the field, twenty nine point four from three. For a guy who's supposed to be a shooter and a scorer, he's really not doing his job. And it's not like he's the type of guy who makes up for it on defense. He's not terrific on the defensive end, but again, but I he's think not he's just, great. He's not he's not like a get the ball handler, and he's not he doesn't have great court vision. And I mean, his his redeeming quality is supposed to be able to get buckets, and he's not doing it. No, and I mean, listen, I'm you don't have to save me. I don't think his career numbers aren't horrible. They're not good either. He's only a forty two percent shooter from the floor, and he shoots below forty percent from three. Now, this could be me justifying my, my scouting of him coming out of college. But my belief was, because remember the Real comparisons, he's an ex-Real and he's an ex-Real. Yeah. Because of his high school shooting, not because of his college shooting, because in college, you know what he shot from three? Not great. 34%. Right, which isn't great. It's, it's average in the NBA, but it's not great in college. No, it's Just horrible. Just shot like 42% from three in college. Right, and the thing was, in college it was, well, guys are Ding them up. And they're focusing on him, like as if in the NBA they're not going to play defense <laughs> on him. So, like, I, 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 he's not as bad as a twenty-nine percent three-point shooter. I, I'm not saying he's that. I also think, like, realistically, um, he's never getting better than what he is right now. This is not like not literally right now. Like, he's going to average to his means. Like, he's going to become like a thirty-seven, thirty-eight percent three-point shooter. But like, if Bradley Beal's your second best player, you're just not good. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's that, that's my stance on this. I'm with you that they should be better. The record isn't isn't indicative of what kind of team I think they'll be. But if Bradley Beal is supposed to be your second best player, I don't think you're going to be a good basketball team. I don't think Bradley Beal can be any good team's second best player. Could he be the team's fourth best player? Absolutely. Could he be a team with two super duper stars, third best player? Sure. As the second best player, no, because he's just too inefficient. For, because when you're a shooter, you know you're supposed to shoot efficiently, and he just doesn't do that. He does not. You're not wrong, Joe. I'm not going to fight you on it. I just, I, I also, I look at this roster beyond the starting five, and listen, it's nice that Otto Porter is kind of blossoming and becoming this awesome player this year. He's averaging almost 17 points and eight rebounds this season. Uh, but beyond their starting five, I mean, just listen to these names. You got Marcus Thornton. Do not Evander throw Kelly Oubre slander in here. I'm not. I'm not going to. I mean, Kelly Oubre is the the good thing they have. Kelly Oubre and uh, Tomas Sadoransky is fun to watch. But beyond that, I mean, Trey Burke. Burke. <laughs> Trey Burke's a career loser. Jason Smith's a Trey career Burke's loser. five minutes away from being out of the NBA. Pretty much. I mean, I just I didn't have high hopes for this team, but I did think that Scott Brooks was going to be able to get more out of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just taking them a little bit of time to adjust, but. Not a great start of the season for John Wall, who's over five turnovers a game. And as you keep mentioning, Bradley Beal hasn't been the shooter that you'd like for him to be. So I don't know if this team's going to be able to turn it around, but 
definitely one of the more disappointing teams to start the season. I'm I'm with you. I do think I don't think they're this bad, and I think you're in agreement with me. And I think maybe there is just going to be a little bit of a transitional phase, and they're they've been tinkering with their lineup a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's in another two weeks we might see them. You know, start going back to a little bit of everything. They go okay. They're going to be the Washington team we kind of know of, which is we're going to go back to thinking, yeah, they're going to be good at some point, but they'll just never be good. Right. I mean, I just think at this point we were expecting them to be so much better. So the fact that we're even questioning, like, well, they can, can they even be an average team? You know, that that's kind of worrisome. But well, it's the ideas of each player that makes them alluring, not actually how they are. Like, the idea of John Wall, this dynamic point guard that can do it all, and Bradley Beal, this really efficient shooter, and Gortat, this guy that can pound underneath to play a little defense, and Morris that can stretch the floor, and tough guy, and grit. And Andrew Nicholson going up and doing all these things. Like, all these ideas of the players and not how they actually play is why people like Washington. Right. And, Do you know you what know, I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not trying to um, – all those guys have shown flashes of those things to make you think those things are possible. But outside of John Wall and Gortat when he was younger, none of these guys have actually done it consistently. Right. And I was going to say, you know, they're missing Jan Mahinmi, but – you know, they're not going to be that much better when they get him back. I can't imagine they will. This team's struggling on both ends. It's not like they're just missing their defensive enforcer. If anything, I feel like Martin Gortat's been off to a good start this season. So, I, I don't know. Listen, I, we've we've been talking about the Wizards for way too long. It's very unlike us to Jim start Coop, our show up. Kelly Oubre more time. <laughs> Even it's, though it's Otto a, Porter Jr. is playing really well. Yeah, he's, he's playing really well. I mean, they should be able to find time for both those guys, though. Uh We'll we'll see what they do, but that's enough time talking about. Why is Trey Burke playing twelve minutes again? I don't know, man. I not I'm not on the Trey Burke uh, bandwagon. Never was. I don't get it. He was awful with Utah, and doesn't look much better here in Washington. But let's talk about a popular NBA team. Who's that? The Cleveland Cavaliers. (laughs) Cleveland Cavaliers visited the White House amidst a little bit of controversy in Washington this week. No, but let's, let's talk about good things. Uh, I don't even know if I should have said that, but let, let's talk about, I don't even know. Let's talk about the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the Cavs at the White House. The funny thing to me, I mean, there was a lot of funny things about this today. Eamon so Shumpert? Oh, I don't even know what Shumpert did, and I don't know why you just called him Eamon, but... I said Eamon. Eamon Shumpert. Eamon is even worse. It's Amon. Uh, no, it's Eamon. It's definitely not Eamon. Anyway, so... You're no, what, you don't like that joke. You get the joke, correct? No. Never mind. Well, I'm not explaining that. Is it a is it a wiener joke? No. We're off the rails, and it's not looking good, so I'm going to well, go back. Well, let me to tell you what he did, though. All right, let's get it. So Obama said, like, hey, like, let's, let's get in here so the picture, like, we can all be in the picture. And then, like, there's a video of them moving the podium, and Shumpert's face, like, Shumpert must have thought the podium couldn't be moved. And his face yeah, was like. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. it was like I a little kid real. Was. Like, it was like a little, little kid finding out Santa wasn't real and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Joe, we got kids that listen. I don't know what you're doing saying things like that. I but. said it's like like as if, not that that's actually the case, <laughs> theoretically speaking. So, yeah, you had the, that happen with Shumpert. Obama makes a Warriors blew a 3-1 lead joke. He also made a joke about J.R. Smith showing up with the shirt, and he wasn't sure that he would. It was really funny, and it was great to see. Um, and the Cavs apparently brought, like, 90 people with them. It looked sure. like an NFL team was at the White House. But I, I just... I thought it was fun. And Kevin again, loves the story of the Cavaliers this year. He's been awesome. Yeah, they figured whatever happened. I think they figured out how to make Kevin Love fit into that team. 
Yeah, and listen, it's not like he wasn't fitting his first two years there. He had two decent years. Just it's hard when you see a guy who you know is capable of like 25 and 15 being reduced to 17 and 9 as like a standalone three-point shooter. (laughs) It's hard to adjust to. But it's worked. It's worked for him. It's worked for Kyrie Irving. I mean, we're talking about a team that made it to the finals when they didn't have chemistry and then won the finals after that. And they look amazing this year. They should be favorites to win the title this year, which I think we spoke about last week. But I, I didn't really want to talk about the Cavs too much here. Obviously, they're going to be the team to, to talk Smith about. starting every game. Isn't that weird? It makes sense. He fits. He's no, good. I know, but I'm so used Four to him them. being a bent, like coming off and shooting 95 times in like a seven second span. Yeah, yeah. He he fills that role well too. But he he's fitting really well this year for that team. I actually had like the hottest take of the off season before they re-signed Jr. I was getting kind of worried, and I was thinking because. Jordan McRae was in, like, every single Instagram post that anybody on the Cavs was posting. And I'm saying... <laughs> yeah, I remember you said it on the pod. <laughs> this is going to be the Jordan McRae year. He's just going to take JR's role, and we're never going to hear from JR again. Yeah, that obviously... 3.5 minutes per game and two appearances. <laughs> yeah, Jordan McRae is not playing, and JR is playing. Uh, JR has been JR doing JR things, I guess. Shooting 33% from three. He'll get there, but this team's cruising. The scoring balance is there. LeBron's averaging 23, Kyrie Irving's averaging 24, Kevin Love's averaging 22. They're just, they're, they're spreading the ball around. They're all pretty efficient for the most part. Even though, you know, Kyrie's shooting 43% as like a volume score isn't great. He's getting them buckets when they need it. And they know his role. They all know their roles, which is the most dangerous thing you could see with a LeBron team when guys know what they're supposed to be doing. And they just, everything's clicking for that team. Nothing to talk about, nothing to see here. You already know what's happening. I just... I thought it was really funny that they were at the White House, and there was other stuff going on at the White House while they were there, but uh, it was it was good to see. Yeah. Cleveland. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about White House related today, Joe? Uh, let's pass. We'll pass. We're going to pass. I you know what's interesting? That, that, that's fine that you changed your mind. I meant for the Wizards to be our That Don't Look Good this week, so should we like retroactively put in some That Don't Look Good music? What should we do here? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, all right, to get the listen, like in case you this is your first time listening to the show, we have segments on the Monday and Friday show, and they're both different. Monday segments are um, bad tweets and absurd questions. Friday shows are That Don't Look Good in either an AMA or Things Are Our Mind. That don't look good. We've already done, but forgot to announce it. <laughs> so uh, hit the music just randomly without in the middle of the show now. We're like two segment, two segments late. Uh, yeah. How about I can actually edit it in later. I'll leave this part in now because I'll have no way to cut it out. But yeah, I'll right. be able to edit that in, and I'll just voice over your uh, a previous of uh, episode of you saying that don't look good. You make it work, Joe. You figure yeah. it out. I'm not too worried. All right. Back to the show. No more White House speak. We're going to yeah. move on. We we love everybody. And be safe. Word up. I definitely agree with that. Word up. That, what sign is that? Sing it. I'm not singing. I just say word up all the time. That's, that's is that, What's that sign with Paul Abdul? I do not know one Paul Abdul song. The one with Roger Rabbit or the cartoon guy in it? You're only losing me more. But you I'm know intrigued. who Paul Abdul is. The, rap, the rapping I cartoon know animal? I Paul Abdul I know who Paul Abdul you, is. You know the video I, with the, the rapping cartoon animal? I have no idea. This might be where our two-year age difference comes in, because I have no idea what you're talking about. You're, I mean, you are two years older. You are two years older, my I friend. I am not. I'm 27 years old. 
you are a liar. If you were tw- shut up. Anyway, <laughs> let's make you guys some money. All right, it's time Whoa. to pivot. Oh, we're making the money. What's going yeah, on we're here? The money. We're doing NFL Ponzi scheme. No, we're not that guy or those guys. We're gonna make you guys money, <laughs> Joe. I'm mowing through you. I don't care what you have to say. It's time to do our NFL Week Ten picks, <laughs> Joe. If you want to sing some music, you can. NFL Week Ten picks against the spread. Against the spread. Game. Google okay. doesn't like when you gamble. Why doesn't Google like when you gamble? Well, if you notice in the post, if you're a listener and you read our posts before listening to us for some reason, because I don't know if anybody actually ever reads that stuff, but you have to put it in there so we show up in Google and iTunes and all that. Mm-hmm. But if you put the spread in the post, Google automatically disqualifies it. Wow. Well, not disqualifies it, but it buries it lower. That's I don't know why. That's what I've been told, at least. That's why if you ever notice in our posts, the spreads are taken out. There it is. Well, we'll say them live on air. Oh, yeah, because Google's not going to listen to us. Maybe they do. I don't know, man. Hi, Google. Anyway. <laughs> I, always, right. I, have, I have an Android, and I, uh, I always say, okay, Google into it, and my family gets very mad at me. Why? I don't know. I beat Dragon Age and go position random <laughs> insert into the show. That video <laughs> game. But I, I'm thinking about that because today I beat the game, and it ends on a cliffhanger. So I went to my phone and I said, okay, Google, is there going to be a Dragon Age sequel? And I didn't get the kind of responses I thought would come back. I, I it, it wasn't porn. It was just not video game related things. I always assume it's going to be porn. I don't know what that says about me. But let's stop dilly-dallying. You know what they say, Google adjusts to you. So it means you probably search for a lot of porn. All right, let's pivot. We're moving on. I don't know what you're talking about. So, last week, last week, we were both 2-2 two and two <laughs> heading into the Monday night football game, Joe. That was a game that the Seahawks beat the Buffalo Bills by six points. Uh, In that game, I had the Bills covering and you had the Seahawks covering. Uh, the spread of that game was six and a half points for Seattle. So, I win, you lose. I went 3-2. and two. <laughs> Joe goes 2-3. and three. I win, you lose. On the season, I am 27 and 18, and my friend Joe is 24 and 21. So make sure you're listening extra special to my picks. But let's extra get right special. into it. Stop making fun of everything I say. I'm sorry, but your extra special is like the secret sauce on a Whopper, which is just mayonnaise and ketchup. Can you stop saying there's secret sauce on Whoppers? <laughs> there's no secret sauce on Whoppers. It's Google not a thing. it. It doesn't exist. Google no, it. I'm not Googling anything. And I'm definitely not Googling secret sauce, right? <laughs> First game, we got the Bears at the Bucks. The Bucks are half-point home dogs. I'm going first because you can't control your laughter. For this game, I am picking the freaking Bears, baby. Alshon, Jay Cutler, Tampa Bay's allowing the second most passing yards per attempt at 8.3 yards and the second most passing points per attempt. I'm not even going to give you that stat. They're trailing only Cleveland in both of those categories. That means they stink. Doug Martin might be back, but the Bears impressed me with their Monday Night Football win over the Vikings two weeks ago, so I'm going to ride out this Jay Cutler wave. Listen, this is the Jay Cutler farewell tour. This is last year with the Bears. He doesn't give a crap no matter what. He didn't give a crap last year when it wasn't his last year. So the Bucks stink if you didn't catch it the first time. The Bears also stink, but they stink less, so I'm taking them and just pick them. I, I got to you? say, you're best of everything we do in the podcast. You're the most prepared and the most knowledgeable for the week picks, and you have so much knowledge on these teams that's insane. And I'm trying to take our listeners' money. 
I know, but like you're really like you're really well informed on these things, and um, you just dropping the random they stink as hard as you did was really nice. Um, that was a fact. That was one of the stats that I researched that they stink. It, it's just a fact they stink. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the Bears as well. Um, Jay 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 is gonna do that thing Jay Cutler does is. He's going to convince somebody that he's worth a shot, and that's what's going to happen for the rest of the season. And it's going to be the Jets. It's going to be the Jets. Jets. I was going to mention it was going to be the Jets. <laughs> it's going to be the Jets. And, uh, but yeah, uh, it's a pick and game, and um, your sentiment that they, they, they both stink, but the Bears stink less is probably accurate. So I'm going to go with Chicago as well. Yeah, it's dumb of me, and I'm kind of chasing points here, but I thought the Bears played way above their heads in that Monday night football game against the Vikings. I believe they had their bye last week, so they should be healthy. And again, you know, I just I like the Alshon Jay Cutler duo way too much. I actually just traded for Alshon in my fantasy football league, so I'm going to have to change my fantasy football team name to Now I Smoke Jeffrey, which is a reference to Get Him to the Greek, where they smoke Jeffrey and then they rub the furry wall. That's a really funny part of the movie. I guess you had to be there. <laughs> All right, good talk, Darren. We're moving on. Up next, we got. Joe's boy, Trevor Simeon, and the Denver Broncos at the New Orleans Saints, who are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe, I feel like, like we, honestly, like this is deja vu, because I feel like we picked this game last week. I pick the Saints every single week. And no, I, I feel like the Broncos-Saints game we picked last week. Like, very literally this game. We did not. I know, I know, obviously we didn't, but I feel like it. All right. And uh, I feel like I'm going to say the same thing my brain says I said last week that never happened, which is, uh, Trevor Simeon's, I almost forgot his name for a second. That's how bad he stinks. Trevor Simeon stinks. Um, I, uh, my concerns would be the health of Denver's defense. Um, uh, New Orleans does a great job offensively still. Their defense also stinks. Um, a point and a half is not a ton, so give me the Broncos. Wow, yeah. I was I'm really... always in a bet. Like, if my choice is elite-level defense, even though they can't stop the run. Um, they cannot. They all. can't. They can't. But they can still put... They're still really good against the pass. Or a really good high-powered offense. I'm probably going to go with the defense every time, even though that's probably antiquated thinking. I get it. It makes sense. I mean, listen, it, it could go either way, obviously. That's, I, that's a real I think it's easy. I think it's easier to be consistently good on defense than it is to be consistently good on offense, just because I think defense is more just about, like, you know, just natural abilities. Like, not saying, like, you don't need a high IQ or anything, but there's so many things that could go wrong offensively that's kind of not anybody's fault. Too many variables. A ball could bounce off a player's hand, uh, a poor spotting of the football. Um, Drew Brees might be making social activist comments. <laughs> don't, are you going to let that one sit there too long? Thanks. <laughs> I didn't know if it was my turn or not. But I don't, I don't want to go anymore with it. All right, so Denver ranks 29th in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. Mark Ingerman, I was going to call him Steve Hightower. Tim Hightower. Who's Steve Hightower? Um, Police Academy, Steve Hightower. (laughs) I'm almost positive. I I think so, too. Anyway, Mark Ingerman and Tim Hightower have been running really well these last couple weeks, at least last week. I mean, I know it was against the 49ers, but, like, those guys were running last week. So I'm picking the Saints in this game. Drew Brees has been really good. I think the Saints have been really good at home, too outside of that Falcons loss. Uh, so, yeah, I just I like the Saints. I don't like Trevor Simeon. This should be this, – this is such a good opportunity for him to bounce back this week. Like, I know we say he stinks, but his numbers haven't been that terrible, so he should still put up good numbers. Like, in fantasy, sure, he'd be worth streaming this week. I just – I don't – I don't know. The Broncos are, like, scaring me a little bit. 
I, I like the Saints. I just I like the Saints. Uh, disappointingly, Steve Steve Hightower is not from Police Academy. He is from the Steve Harvey Show. Yeah, that's what I thought. His name was Steve Hightower, Mr. Hightower. Yeah, that's it. Not when you say it like that. Yeah. No. I don't know why I thought Police Academy. Who is the big police uh, officer? Hightower. Just Hightower. Yeah, that's it. Not Steve. Steve Hightower was Steve Harvey's name. Man, we're we're really good at dating ourselves. Yeah, I love that show. Dude, that is like the most underrated show ever. I'm trying to think where I wrote it, but like I literally just saw that I wrote Romeo and Bullethead somewhere like a few days (laughs) ago. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. Where. Dude, Bullethead, man. Oh, I remember him. Oh, yeah. Ro- Romeo died. Romeo from that show. He's no longer with us. For real? Like, yeah. yeah. How'd he die? I would, I wouldn't make that up. I don't know. Maybe a car accident. I'm not sure. I shouldn't go recklessly uh, speculating. So let's move on. Up next, R.I.P. Romeo. And yeah, up next we got we got the Kansas City. <laughs> Seamless I know, I'm transition. Like, I'm like laughing. <laughs> Like I said, something funny. All right. Up next, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are two and a half point favorites. I'm going with the Panthers in this game. Why are they the favorites? Uh, I don't know because they're they're hot. They've won a few games and they're home. They're two and a half point favorites. So Panthers' weakness defensively is against wide receivers. The Chiefs are not loaded at wide receiver. They're without Jeremy Macklin this week. I just I think they're going to struggle to move the ball. Not that Carolina's defense is that good, but they've been getting there. I mean, maybe Kansas City has a rejuvenated Spencer Ware this week after missing last week with the concussion. He's supposed to be back. I just, I think Kansas City's missing way too many playmakers, and I just, I don't like their chances in this game. Not that the Panthers are that good, but I, I think they win this game by more than two and a half. They're rolling lately, so, I mean, I just think they're going to get their third straight win. Joe, who do you like? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Kansas City. Um, I don't have, like... A good reason for this, and I actually hate watching Kansas City play because everything's a five-yard throw. Me too. But uh, the early street season struggles for the Panthers were just was just weird to me, and I just don't trust them yet. I know they won a couple in a row, but I don't know. Give me two and a half points, and I'll take. I'll take, I'll take Andy Reid. I don't have a good reason for it. You're taking the points. You're taking two and a half points. <laughs> give me two and a half points. All and, right, it, interesting. Even though the game's on the road and Cam Newton's like a super great quarterback, and he's struggling this year, though. In fairness, like I know he's been better the last couple games, but like I think a lot of his comments have been out of frustration at how poorly he's played. I mean, listen, he doesn't get calls, and he should get calls for roughing the passer. The guy gets crushed and doesn't get anything, but he's also just not playing very well this year. No, he's not, and that's why, I mean, I just I just don't trust them yet, again, even though they're coming out of a season in which they lost one game. Right, right. Well, listen, we knew regression was going to come. We didn't think it'd be this bad, but they appear to be getting back on track, so we'll see if that continues on Sunday. Up next, we got the Dallas Cowboys going to Pittsburgh for a battle of the America's teams or something like that. Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe, who do you like in this game? It, for me, this is easy. It's Dallas, who I think has the best roster in the NFL. Um, Steelers haven't been great. Uh, so yeah, I think this is an actually easy game. I think it's Dallas pretty easily. Yeah. And, they, I, and I'm not trying to, like, I know the Steelers are technically good, but yeah, it's the Cowboys. Because the Cowboys, right. the Cowboys might be the second best team in the NFL. Right. They, they might. They really might. I had a friend ask me earlier who I think the, the Super Bowl favorites are at this point, and really there just is not a team in the NFC that is even close to Dallas, I think. At this point, you know, obviously a lot could change. We still have pretty much half the season to go. But to this point, no one's looked better than Dallas. 
the stat that stuck out to me when I was looking at this game, just 10.3% of the completions allowed by the Cowboys have gained 20 or more yards. That's the lowest rate in the league. Pittsburgh's at their best when they're airing it out, mm-hmm. when Ben's throwing downfield, and he's got those big play receivers like Sammy Coates and Antonio Brown. Not to say that, that the Pittsburgh offense can't get going this week, but I like Dallas a lot. I think Does Dallas Pittsburgh have a wide receiver called Eli Rogers? They do have an Eli Rogers on the roster. What a weird name. Wow. That that might be a hot take. I'm not certain. Um, but that completely killed my momentum. Well, anyway. like after you, uh, when, when, like, when, so Eli Manning came out, and I was like, all right, that's it. That's got to be the last Eli they made. <laughs> they. I mean, e- there's another Eli on the Giants this year, Eli Apple. So oh, I forgot about Eli Apple. I don't know why I, don't, I forgot about Eli Apple. They need I to stop know. making Eli's, in my opinion. I don't know that I can name another Eli outside of those three. Well, those are like three pretty famous Eli's. Yeah. Well, that's doesn't Eli. Eli, when you hear the word Eli, doesn't that conjure up like Children of the Corn? I have never seen the Children of the Corn movies. Seriously? Yeah, I mean, come on, it's not like we're talking about like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> no, but I mean, like Children of the Corn has been on TV like a billion times. Children of the Corn movies, by the way, are horrible. I'm not recommending anybody watch them. But uh, yeah, Eli makes me think of like evil Amish kids. Yes, that I can agree with. I... I never saw the Children of the Corn movies. It just I don't know if there's a character in the movies named Eli, but it makes me think of that. (laughs) Interesting. Um, All right, so yeah, we both got the Cowboys in that game. That should be a good game, though. It'll be interesting to see what Ben Roethlisberger looks like. Obviously, we didn't expect him to have a huge game in his first game back from his knee injury against Baltimore, but now that he's home, I mean, he should be a little bit better this week. But again, Dallas is just so good that regardless, I'm taking them. Our last game. Wait, hold on. Is... Update on Eli. Children of the Corn Tree, Urban Harvest. Eli uses powers of his mind to recruit Chicago children in his reign of terror against adult mankind. That sounds amazing. Why did they do this? How do you get to the point in the horror movies where you're like, all right, we need to take the urban approach? They did it with, uh, with what's it called, too? The little guy. Leprechaun. Uh, yeah, they did it with Leprechaun. Leprechaun, Leprechaun also went into space. No way. He did? You don't know that? No, because I've never seen the Leprechaun movies either, because I don't like awful horror movies. The first, like, ones, the first ones can't be fun. The first Leprechaun's actually pretty good. Jennifer, Jennifer Anderson's in it, and her schnoz is huge. Oh. Her, her I, nose. I know, I know. I know the schnoz is, all right? I felt like I had to clarify. You got like, whoa, like, as if I was meaning something else. Well, it was fun. It was fun to do that. All right, we're moving on. I know the good actor, Hakeem Morris. Not... Akeem Morris, Akeem Morris. I believe that's who play award and who plays the Leprechaun. The Akeem Akeem or Hakeem Morris. It's definitely not Hakeem Morris. And if it is, that's incredible. <laughs> the guy that made the black and the Syracuse comedy. Yeah, the guy that put his nuts on Royal Ivy's face, and it's Whoa! the funniest. You you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh my god, that was my screensaver in college. Was not really? to sound weird or anything, but it just no, was. I thought it was, it was really funny. Doesn't sound weird at all. Do you, would you trust a person named Princess Zyrena? I'm going to need you to repeat that name one more time. Princess Zyrena? Princess is the first name? Yes. So it's not an actual princess, they're just named Princess. Right. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a no for me, She's though. She's apparently in some of the... Okay, are you ready for the Leprechaun's the no. guy, name? Oh, my His name man. is... So you know how far off I was. Warwick Davis. <laughs> You're there. You're right there. 
<laughs> Hakeem Warwick. There it is. Is Christopher, right, Roth, is Christopher oh Roth somebody gosh. famous? <laughs> Christopher Roth? Yeah. I don't know. You're the one that's Googling stuff. Why would you ask me right now? I'm trying to get us through our podcast. Sorry. I'm sorry I'm trying to make our podcast better by doing research on Yeah, people are listening to this on the edge of their seat. Can't wait to hear <laughs> who Chris Roth is. Excited about Hakeem Warwick and his nuts on Royal Ivy's <laughs> face. Right, da- does, do you think Warwick Davis has ever played a role on Santa Leprechaun? I don't know who. Yeah, definitely. No Dude, one's done one Star role. Wars Episode One. Big things. You don't just get Leprechaun and like nothing else. You're in other bad things if you're in Leprechaun. There is a sh- uh, uh, There was a TV series called Weekend Escapes with Warwick Davis. The name was with Warwick Davis. Yes, yeah, so Weekend it must have been Escape. like a reality show or something. That sounds dope. Actually, it sounds like it should have been on Travel. Channel. He's going to be in the, his next movies. Not his next. He's something in 2016, but. 2017, he's going to be in Star, the next Star Wars. The Warwick Davis podcast. You guys heard it here first. We're no he's in a t- I'm looking at his, 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 his filmography now. Like He's in a whole bunch of horrible things. But he's in a bunch of great things, too. Like the Star Wars movies. He's in Harry Potter. A bunch of Harry Potters. He's in the movie Ray. Uh, all the leprechauns, obviously. Willow. Remember Willow, the movie? Yeah, I remember Willow. How do you not remember Willow? He's in Willow. He's in... The, not the new one, 1986 version of Labyrinth. Um, oh my, he was in Star Wars episode Return of the Jedi one. He's been in like all the Star Wars. Cool, man. You done? Well, I'm sorry. I I didn't know you were anti-Warwick Davis. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't know that. We've been friends for this long and recording podcasts for this long. Well, listen, you man, didn't I don't that. hate people just because they're different. You hate Bradley Beal because he's not Ray Allen. All right. Let's finish up our picks. I'm clapping my hands at this point. What team are we on? What game are we playing? Did you make a pick for this game yet? This is the fifth game. We both took the Cowboys in game number four. So our last game... Only different on the Chiefs one. Who did I pick in the Chiefs one, did you ask? You know, I said we're only different on the Chiefs game. Uh, No, you got the Broncos and I have the Saints. So, to catch everybody up, because we went on this little tangent just now, (laughs) we're we're both going Bears as .5... I don't even know. What are they favored? They're favored by point five. We're both no, going with the Bears. The Bears are yeah. Getting, the Bucks. The Bucks, yeah. yeah you're, the Bucks are giving points. The Bucks are are a home underdog. So the Bears are the favorite. So we're both taking the Bears to win by point five. <laughs> the Broncos are at the Saints. The Saints are one and a half point favorites. I'm going Saints. Joe's going Broncos because he's taking the points. He said. Um, <laughs> All right, the Chiefs at the Panthers. The Panthers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going Panthers. Joe's going Chiefs. Cowboys at Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. We're both going Cowboys. Last game, I believe, is the Sunday night football game. Seattle is going to New England, where the Patriots are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe, who are you picking in this game? Well, you're bearing the lead here. Break the news that you tweeted at me the other day, the important news. C.J. Procise is expected to have a larger role in this game. <laughs> okay. Despite that, um, New England. That yeah, that's the news. Okay. Despite that, New England's silly good, and Bill Belichick got his man running, running our country now. So all bets are out. <laughs> I have New England winning one hundred and forty-five to zero. <laughs> oh my god! All right, that's well, good. I, only, I run. I write hundreds of notes a month. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Who writes notes? It's two thousand sixteen. Listen, my job calls me for write emails like every single day. I don't think I write 100 emails a week or a month. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably close. All right. Well, I, here's what I, can I say? What I, I, it's not a political thing, but here's what I imagine. Bill Belichick in a dimly lit room with a candle 
flickering and him with a feather pen writing notes. That's how I imagine that being done. I see it like, I don't know if you ever watch Jimmy Fallon, but whenever he does, like, I don't know what they are. I feel like they're his deep thoughts or whatever, where, like, the slow music plays and he writes something funny. That was a really terrible explanation. Do you right. think Bill Belichick wrote it? Like, as if, like, how do I rate this the way Donald Trump will like it the most? I they would use the word tremendous. I think he, they probably text each other. But, you know, he made a good point. And I, 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 mean, I promised I wouldn't go political. But he made a good point when they asked him about it. And this whole Seattle thing was funny. I don't know if he saw the press conference. When he just, like, they kept asking me, he just said, Seattle, Seattle. But, um... I did not. It's actually kind of funny. But, uh, before that, he said, like, listen, he's, like, he's my friend, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't believe him when he said politics didn't make a plane. If he says no, clearly it was about politics. But he's, like, I'm also friends with, um... Oh, what's the the politician from Boston? Uh, you ran for president. John Kerry. Right. I, he's like, I'm also friends with John Kerry. He's like, I don't think he could have two more different things. So, like, I kind of believe him where he's just like, you know, like, I could have friends. It's okay. Right. Yeah. But I sure. do believe his note was politically motivated, though. I don't know, man. I'm not I getting into know, it. I just want to know what that locker room thinks. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I just don't know, but... Is Donald Trump going to fire Roger Goodell? Because he promised that when he was running for president. He did. He did promise that. He's got a lot of things to uh, to make good on. Well, I don't we'll think see. he knows he how that works. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We will see. Anyway, I'm going to get back to football here. Joe's got the Patriots You're winning so this game by seven and a half or more. I'm taking the Seahawks, and I know it feels stupid because the Patriots are just killing everybody, and everybody thinks they're going to kill Seattle this week too. Stop with the killing. Sense. They have the murder. Oh, them too soon. you're right. You're right. And Belichick probably didn't know about that either. Um, anyway, <laughs> the- <laughs> I don't think he knew about the murder. I don't know. He knew he was a bad guy. So the, the stat that stuck out the, to me. Wait, whoa, whoa. Time out. You're, let's not move forward. We need to stop the stream. You, because he knew he was a bad guy, you think he knew he was a murderer? Well, I think he knew the extent to which he was a bad guy. He wasn't like a Jack Parkman bad guy where it's like, well, he says mean things and he's kind of a jerk. It's like, oh, well, like, he's got guns and, like, he's got gang ties and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, I don't think it's beyond imagination that he knew that, like, Aaron Hernandez may have killed a guy or two or three or four or five or six. Anyway, (laughs) that stuck out to me here. The Patriots are averaging 3.2 touchdowns per game, while Seattle is allowing only one and a half touchdowns to opposing offenses. This, This isn't the same Seattle defense, all right? This isn't, like... The clash of great offense and great defense. Seattle's defense is watered down this year. I just think their offense kind of got it together last week, so I'm looking for them to kind of stay in this shootout. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I I mean, like, yeah, I guess New England probably should win this game by more than a touchdown, but I'm going with the Seahawks to cover because 7.5 is too many points for me. You and your facts. So I don't really need to recap the games because I did it just before. So I will, though, one more time. <laughs> First game, we got the Bears at the Bucks. The Bucks are half-point underdogs. We're both going with the Bears. Broncos at Saints, who are giving one and a half points. Too many points for Joe, so he's going with the Broncos. I'm going with the Saints. Chiefs at Panthers, two and a half-point favorites. I got Panthers. Joe's got Chiefs. Warwick Cowboys Davis. Steelers. Cowboys at Steelers are two and a half-point favorites. Both going with the boys. Seahawks at Patriots, seven and a half-point favorites. I got Seattle. Joe's got the Patriots. Just for those who, who may have forgotten, I'm 27-18 on the season. Joe's only 24-21. and 21. Something's going to break this week. Like, there's gonna either, either I'm going to catch up or there's going to be a giant gap between us after this weekend. Either I'm going to do well or I'm not going to do well. Hot take. All right, Joe, ask me anything. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. 
You That's our segment. We, but yes. by the way, we don't actually have segment music, so you sing so I don't have to make up on up. I ask you a question. You <laughs> ask me a question. We ask each other questions. Ask me anything. <laughs> Man, I've been slacking on my segment work. All right. Uh, my first question is... In fairness, before you ask, that's only because you set the bar so high for yourself with your segment music. So don't think of it as slacking. Just think of it as you were just on this pace that wasn't it wasn't sustainable. Well, I actually, we had AMA music, and I accidentally deleted it. Okay, so in that case, yeah, you're slacking. And then, like, I just haven't remade it. All right, so first question is from at... <laughs> I don't know if this is the right way to say it. Giving you palm life? Really? Given oh, give it up on life. <laughs> None of the words. Which isn't something which isn't something to laugh at. <laughs> no. Be more positive, given up on life. Why is Kanye so overrated historically? Ooh, that's one that hurts me a little bit. Um I don't know. Is I this like an errors like an era thing? What rap? These different eras are different things like rap so different now than it was. Uh, see, I think Kanye is one of these guys that kind of just transcend, transcends errors because, like, I look at it like this. People think Lil Wayne is, like, the greatest rapper ever. And, yeah, he had a nice run, but, like, he's been hot garbage for at least, like, five to six years now. And people still are like, oh, new Lil Wayne's out and he's still the best. It's like, nah, he's trash. He was really good for a little bit. Well, who's like, your t- give me your top five or top three, whatever it makes easier for you to write off the top of your head. So it's kind of hard for me to do that. These like, were both Nas dance, right? Yeah, yeah, for me, for me, it's Nas and then Tribe Called Quest, whose album is coming out Ooh. today. But that, that's not like one rapper. So like, I can't say it's Nas, then Fife and Q-Tip. But like, <laughs> those two guys are in the equation for me. Obviously, I love Biggie all time. I mean, I wouldn't put Jay-Z in my top, but like, I get it. Uh, I, I can't really do like a top whatever, but I know that... Kanye is like approaching it. Kanye is one of my favorite artists. I really love Kanye. Like I was there from day one. I was up on like I bought his album the day it dropped. His first album, College, College Dropout. Dropout. College Dropout was really good. I've been not really a Kanye fan since, but College Dropout was just excellent. I to that is one of like the most powerful albums in my life. I bought that album and then I went to like the gym every day after that for, like ninety days straight. I'm not even kidding, and I lost forty five pounds like listening to College Dropout. You hear that, Kanye? You hear that? Yeah, you Kanye, inspired a man. Yeah, man. Yeezy taught me. Uh, I mean, I think the quality of his music has decreased over time. I, I actually I like Yeezus a lot. I know a lot of people didn't really care for Yeezus. I, I liked it a lot. I think he's different. Um, I I, I don't like when he experiments, like when he goes way like I like we both like Nas and he liked to experiment with the bluesy stuff, which which was awesome, which, which, awesome, which I thought was awesome. But when Kanye experiments, especially when his his quotations live performances, um, it, it, they're usually awful, right? I mean, maybe if if you feel that way, I'm not going to say. Well, it's I'm not. just saying, like uh, like the last time I remember seeing him on Saturday Night Live, he did a thing. I can't remember the name of the song, but like it was just the whole performance was, it was awful. Like I know it's supposed to be like with him, sometimes it's supposed to be like performance art, right? But at least like somebody like like, and this is a whole different genre of music. But at least Lady Gaga sings and does her music while doing it. She doesn't abandon the fact that she's a musician to do the performance art. Kanye right. abandons his, his music to do the performance art. Do you know what I mean? And I, I almost think, like, I think it's great that you brought up performance art because it feels like his life has been performance art for years now. Like, since he, since the, the Taylor Swift thing happened, it feels like it's been less about his music and more about his persona, which is why I think he gets that overrated label from people. Like, musically, I still think he's great. Like, 
sure, as a rapper, he's not, you know, one of the most lyrical or whatever, and, like, he's been saying a lot of junk for a couple of years now, but his production is, like, top-notch in my book. He puts out a ton of stuff. He doesn't go dark for, like, 900 years like some other guys. Um, I can't say I haven't, listened, I haven't listened to a ton of his music lately, so that's why I deferred to you, like, with the top five thing, you know what right. I mean? Because all my top five guys are going to be from like the early nineties, <laughs> right? And I'm I'm probably right there with you for the most part. Uh, I I like Life of Pablo. I just think at this point, for me, for him as an artist, it's more about like his influence and kind of the other people he's doing music with and and the stuff that they're doing. Like I think I don't think he's as unique as he wants to be anymore. Which you know I don't know if that's more about where rap music is today or where he is, but I I don't know that I'd call him overrated. I just think it's hard when you get as big as he is to keep up high-quality music, especially when he's such a, like... He's more of a celebrity than he is a rapper at this point. Right, and well, don't you think part of him wants to be, like, the male version of Beyonce and he just doesn't know how to go about doing it? Like, doesn't that what it feels... Like, he wants to be that? I think he thinks way bigger than that. And I don't know that it gets bigger than Beyonce, especially when you're talking about, like, okay, you're a musician, but this is really your influence, your, your societal influence. Like, Beyonce is so above music... I think Kanye, yeah, I think that's a good point that you're making. I think Kanye does want to be that, but I think he thinks, like, nah, I'm not Beyonce, I'm freaking Obama. Like, I'm this <laughs> world leader that everybody looks at, and I influence everybody. Well, do you think, I, now, that leads to the conversation, say, with performance art. Do you think he really believes that, or he's playing some kind of gimmick? No, I think he believes that. I, the thing about I Kanye, hope he doesn't, because that's scary. He's when, the, he, he's when he hits that downfall, he's, out, like, he's not going to be a popular rapper in the 60s. Do you know what I mean? Right, it's going to well, be a really I, bad life for him when he realizes, you know, there's a downfall. See, I feel like everything he's done is to transcend rap, and I think he does transcend rap at this point. Like he's not just a musician; like he's a celebrity beyond that. I mean, he does everything he does, you know, with the fashion stuff, which is all like garbage to me. I don't get it. Yeah, but when people I, are done arguing whether or not he's great, right? Like when that conversation's done and he's not even in that conversation anymore, like like for the current times, like. What does he do? Like he's going to his ego is going to take. If he really thinks the way he says he thinks and acts, like that downfall for him. Like you know when Jordan quit basketball, retired, he struggled because of the competition was gone, and he was trying to fill that void. Yeah, like that. What like that fall for a lot of guys is really hard. And the more extreme they are in that world, the harder that fall usually is. That's what I worry about for someone like Kanye. So I'm worried about you, Kanye. Like I mean that college basketball was great. Me too. I'm always worried. Late registration was great as well. All right, Joe, let's move on to the more fun question. That was a good question. I think that was our best segment so far. <laughs> You're not supposed to admit that to the fans. I, I actually thought our, uh, what's his name, Hakeem Work. Uh, <laughs> Work Davis? Yeah. All right, Joe, come on. Let's keep it moving. Sorry. You're next. <laughs> I read the first question. You're supposed to read this question. No, no. I read the first question. Uh, I'm the worst. You did, because you called him... Uh, Give upon whatever you call them. Anyway, all right. Our next question is from another good handle, which I'm not going to butcher reading. It's from, I'll, I'll spell it first, and then I'll say it how it should be pronounced. N-G-R-Y-A-Z-N. At Angry Asian. Would you fight 100 duck-sized Tim Duncans or one Tim Duncan-sized duck? If you couldn't hear that because it goes laughing, I'll ask again from at Angry Asian. Would you fight 100 duck-sized Tim Duncans or one Tim Duncan-sized duck? J. 
Joe, which one are you going to fight? You sent me this rundown, I don't know, like seven hours ago. Like, I don't even know, but I can't stop thinking about this question. And I, I the, the visuals in my head. Now, here's the thing. The <laughs> Please one, tell us what the thing is. All right, so 100 duck-sized Tim Duncans. They're going to be really fundamentally sound, and they're going to be really good at teamwork and really cagey. So, and ducks, and ducks aren't exactly tiny, right? Like, they're not like this, they're not like the size of mice or ants. So, that seems really scary. One Tim Duncan-sized duck. Not, that's also terrifying, because Tim Duncan is a seven-footer. However, I believe, you know, like, depending where the fighting area is, like, if I'm fighting in a house, I could kind of use, like, a doorway as, like, a stopgap, where you can't really get through, and I could punch the duck in the belly, and stuff like that. But 100 duck-sized Tim Duncans, man, I, I think they'd be too well-organized. Um, like, I'd get, I, I think I would, these ducks aren't small. So, yeah, I'd go, I, I, I would take the risk with one Tim Duncan-sized duck. That's a really good point, and I didn't even look at it like that. Yeah, you swayed me just now, because I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, crap, man, a seven-foot duck, I'm going to die. Like, it could feasibly eat me. If it's seven <laughs> feet tall, how wide is it going to be? That's another thing. That's but, true. But if you're only fighting one thing as opposed to 100 things, and I mean, listen, what do you figure? A duck is like a foot to a foot and a half off the ground, like 100 of them? You can't keep kicking them. Like, you just, you can't. You know, no, but well, I, even, I just, even if the question wasn't even 100 duck-sized Tim Duncans, it was just 100 ducks, I still think I think take the duck size, or the Tim Duncan-sized duck, because like 100 is a lot. And me and you both, both aren't exactly in the greatest shape in the world. So say, no. we, say we make it through 35 duck-sized Tim Duncans, there's still 65 more to go. They're going to overwhelm you, right? Yeah. Right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I probably take my chances with the, the Tim Duncan sized duck too, and go for like a knee or you know a crotch or somewhere, somewhere where <laughs> I can hit it. Does a duck have a knee? I don't. I don't know if a duck has a crotch. I don't know what ducks have to be honest. I haven't examined them. Punch them right in the beak. I, I you know, how, remember I, Howard the Duck? Yeah, I remember. Howard That's the what duck. I, I imagine Howard the Duck with seven feet tall. Now, now I'm super scared. Shout out to Leah Thompson. Right, oh. she's in that movie. Shout yeah, out to that movie scene that made everybody uncomfortable from that movie. <laughs> Who makes out with a duck? Um, um, more than makes out with a duck. Yeah, I know. But see, you just brought up the beak. A beak on a seven footer—that's probably a gigantic beak. All right, but here, like, all right, here's how I'm, 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 I'm envisioning the fight. So we need more context. But like, if they're in my house, this Tim Duncan, this duck, Tim Duncan sized duck, and I just like go in a doorway, he's probably not going to fit. Right. So I could just punch him. A duck's reach can't be long, right? Even yeah. a seven-foot duck. So like, I'll just punch him in the belly a bunch and let him tire himself out trying to get through the door. And then, like, you know, like maybe I'll grab a weapon, like the plunger, and hit him with the plunger. I, I don't want to kill him because I'm not a beast, but... Mm. But it, it's probably going to kill you. You know, it's it's you're fighting for your life. Oh, then, yeah, I would grab something better than a plunger then. <laughs> Right. right. Well, here's the thing. You cannot allow this fight to be near water. Is, right? Tim, is, the, is the 100 duck-sized Tim Duncans, are they in a Spurs uniform or date like normal, like what the clothes he was wearing to get? What Tim Duncan wears, so like a button-down shirt that's nine sizes too big yes. and some, some Wrangler dungarees. Well, I think that's important because if he's in a Spurs uniform, that's a lot scarier than him wearing like super baggy clothes. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, we need more context on this question, angry Asian. It's, a it's probably the best question ever asked in the history of mankind. Probably. Well, since we're not going to top that, I, I guess it's time to... <laughs> put it on the poll, Mario. 
<laughs> yeah, we needed to get Mario involved in this show since we forgot our segment music. But oh. all right, I, I think we should end on that high note because we're not going to get better than that. So thank you guys for listening and dealing with our shenanigans. Go watch the <laughs> Leprechaun movies. Go watch the Children of the Corn movies and every other awful movie from the 90s that was supposed to scare you but probably didn't. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. You know what my name is, and you could follow me on Twitter at jmincehoops. Joe, tell the good people where they could find you. Do you have nothing? Okay, so you can follow and me. And I write for, well, I mean, we write for the same website, right? Yeah, now we're, oh, do you want, I'll, I'll say it, all right. So you can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-E-R-D-O-N-E. Jared and I both now write for the same network. It's always been the same network. We're just centralizing now one location. FanRagSports.com, where you will find, it's just, it's everything's the same. We're just centralized now. So you still get to find Jared's great writing, my iffy writing, John Rothstein, John Heyman, Tommy Stokey, who have you, Kyle Kenson, all, all the your other favorites. Great. Charlie J- Rosen. J- Charlie Rosen, Jason Pat, uh, other guys. I'm blanking on you. I would show you all out, but there's like 200 writers on staff. So Yeah, we have a lot of good writers. It's a strong team. Nikas Duncan. All your favorite, yeah. Kelly Scaletta. Kelly Scaletta, by the way, this is a realistic shout-out I want to do. Kelly Scaletta is super awesome at his job. Go read Kelly Scaletta. Yeah, great basketball stuff from him. But all your favorite today's fast break, today's you, today's pigskin, today's knockout, today's knuckleball, all that good stuff is going to be at fanragsports.com. I hope that's the website. I've never typed that in. I'm going to do it right now just to make sure it, it is. is. You're good. Fanragsports.com. There it is, guys. So you can find all our stuff, like my Clipper column from earlier this week. Going to do a little Knicks write-up as well and everything good that Joe's done. We're also going to be previewing college basketball next week as Joe's favorite sport comes back tomorrow. Joe, how pumped are you? You mean later today. And I am super pumped. Tonight we open up with Kansas, Indiana. Big game. St. John's opens up. Um, By Monday, we might already be burying St. John's this season. (laughs) Come back to find out. All right, guys. (laughs) That's the tease of the week. (laughs) <laughs> Will St. John's season be over before it starts? <laughs> per usual. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Be safe out there. Bye-bye. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hot takes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicked. No one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.